Good morning and welcome to the River of Life Sunday Morning Podcast. If you're local to Wakulla County, we'd love to see you and worship with you in person. Our Sunday morning services begin at 9 and 11 o'clock. May God bless you and we hope you enjoy the sermon. I want to tell you that I prayed long and hard about this message tonight. And my prayer was that I would be able, and I pray this way all the time, that I would be able to get up and say something that would be moving and stirring and inspirational for every person in the house. But that it would be extra special for the seniors, these graduating seniors, that it would be a message that would give them some guidance in the days to come. And it would be a message that would even... Listen now, because this is the way I prayed. Would even guarantee them success if they do what God's word says. And uh, I, I, like I say, I prayed long and hard. And I am confident that I received a word from the Lord uh, that we all need, but especially these graduating seniors. And I believe that there is something that we can do. It's, I've just, the title of my message is a biblical secret. That there's a biblical secret that I'm going to reveal to you tonight. And this biblical secret is a secret for success. And when I say success, I'm talking about all the way across the board. I'm talking about in the classroom. I'm talking about uh, for a career. I'm talking about family and marriage. I'm talking about finances, Uh, I'm talking about acquaintances and friendships, uh, making a difference in a dark world for the cause of Christ, and and maybe just in general, just knowing how to enjoy your life and live your life and have fun while you're doing it. And, And this secret that I'll be sharing with you changes everything. I mean everything. Nothing goes left untouched when you apply this secret uh, in your life. In fact, when you see it, you embrace it, and you start using it, it's almost like we have an unfair advantage in an unsuspecting world. The world's clueless to the truth. I mean, we know that, don't we? And we know that God reveals things to his children. He doesn't reveal to anybody else. And so it's almost like we have an unfair advantage. I like a father that gives us unfair advantages and says to his children, if you do this, it will work. And that's what we find uh, in the scriptures. Now, here's the problem, and it will sound a little bit contradictory, but here's the problem. It's not even a secret. But it's so hard to see. And it's so hard to recognize. And it's even harder to apply it to our lives. And so it's one of those biblical truths that we just conveniently set aside and hardly ever pay any attention to it. And so I'm calling it a secret. Even though it's in plain sight, it's right in front of us when we read the Scripture. You've read it a hundred times. But most of us never see it, and very few of us ever really put it to practice in our lives. Now, the first thing I want to do is I want to tell you about a famous psychology experiment that's called the monkey 
business illusion. Some of you may have heard about it. It's called monkey business illusion. And in this test, and I'm a, I'm a psychology graduate, and so I like stuff like this. But uh, in this test, there's a video, and you have six teenagers in the room. Three of them have white shirts on, and three of them have black shirts on. And they have two basketballs. And what they do is, the three in the white shirts pass the basket, one basketball to each other, and the three in the black shirts, they pass the basketball to one another. So, now, they don't they don't exchange. Only uh, the white shirts pass to the white shirts and the black shirts pass to the black shirts. And so when the video begins, it's only like a minute and a half test, but this is how it works. Before the video begins, you're told that your job is to count the number of times the kids in the white shirts pass the ball to one another. So you get ready. I did. And it starts. And you start counting. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. And you keep counting. And then the video's over. And you're hoping that you didn't miss anything, that you got every pass. But what you don't realize is this. Right in the middle of that video, a man in a gorilla outfit walks right in front of the camera. Not off to the side, not in the background, but right in front of the camera, holds his arms out like this and beats his chest like this. They're still passing the basketball and then he turns and walks off the stage. Did you know that they've tried it over and over and over again. And 50% of the people that watch that video never see the gorilla. They never see it. Now, how is that even possible? I'll tell you how that's possible. It's possible because before the video starts, you're told to concentrate on one thing. You're told to count the number of passes that the kids in the white shirts make. And you're so focused on passing the test in this area that you don't even see a gorilla walk in front, stand, beat his chest, and then walk off the stage. You don't even see it. Now, here's what I want you to understand. So it is with the Word of God. If we're not careful, we will read the Word of God And when we open the Word of God and we get in the Word of God, we'll be so focused on what we've been told, what we've already decided that we believe, and what we think is important. And if it's something that we have not been told, that we do not believe, and we have not paid attention to it, it can be right in front of us in Scripture, and we will miss it. And I honestly believe that the church is missing one of the most important truths in the Bible. And so I I think I may be ready to tell you what it is. Something very important. 
Is there anybody here who thinks you know what it is? Well, let me help you out a little bit. Let me give you some clues. It's more important than prayer. It's more important than faith. It's more important than holiness. It's more important than the Ten Commandments. It's more important than prophecy. It's more important than spiritual gifts. It's more important than tithing and sacrificing. It's more important than ministry on any level. Now, I've just made some huge statements, and I don't have time to back them all up. Now, but Monday morning, I'm going to post on our church Facebook page the scriptures that will back everything up I just said, and you'll know that what I'm about to share with you is more important than all of those things. You know what it is? Say it again. Love. Love is more important than all of those things. Now, don't get me wrong. We probably have no idea how important prayer is and faith and, 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 and holiness and the, and the commandments of God and prophecy and gifts of the Spirit and giving. Those things are extremely important, but probably beyond our comprehension. But the point is, if there is not love behind those things... They mean nothing. They accomplish nothing. In, in, in fact, sometimes it does more damage than good. You take a church that sings the right songs, preaches the right messages, does all the right things, but if that church does not have love, it'll do more damage in the community than if there was not even a church there on the street corner. That's how important love is. Um, I want to read something to you. Here it is. A.W. Tozer said, we cannot pray in love and live in hate and still think we're worshiping God. Uh, pull the word up on the screen. Let's back up. Pull that word. Love. Love. More important. I'm, what I'm trying to tell you tonight is this, and especially I want our seniors to hear this, and that is that it is number one in our lives. Love is to be number one. It is to be our highest goal. It is to be our greatest ambition in life. The highest priority. And it is above everything else. And it will change everything else in our lives. Let me show you some scriptures. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Let's read it together. Let love be your highest goal. One more time, all together. Let love be your highest goal. All right? Colossians 3, 14. Let's read this together. But above all these things, put on love. All right. We're getting there. But we're not doing real good doing it, though. All right. Here, let's try. Let's try another approach. First Peter 4, 8. Pull it up. Now. We're going to do it now. You ready? Together. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. 
1 Corinthians 16, 14, pull it up. Together. Let all that you do be done with love. My gracious. Do, do you understand? The highest goal is love. It, 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 but above all these things, put on love. And above all these things, have fervent love for one another. <clears throat> Let all that you do be done with, with love. You, you see, friends, love is the top. Love's more important. And I want to tell you, we get busy doing all the things that we think God wants us to do. And sometimes we left undone the one thing that's above everything else. And that's love. Somebody said, if you listen to God, you'll find yourself loving people everywhere. If you listen to the enemy, you'll find yourself striking out at people everywhere. You see, love is that supernatural dynamic that makes everything else we do work like God wants it to work. And what I want to say to these seniors tonight is this. You're just getting started. And I'm telling you that love is a foundation. Love is a foundation that changes everything else in your world. It is a firm foundation that you can build your life on. And if you don't have that firm foundation, I don't care how much money, time, effort, education you have. One day it will crumble. I, I found this a couple of years ago, and it's just one of the amazing, most amazing stories, and you should take time to read about this, because you just wouldn't think these kind of things would happen. But a little over 10 years ago, there was a great foundation failure in Texas. It was called the South Padre Islands Ocean Tower Project. Plans were to build a high-end luxury beach tower that would be looking out over the ocean. It was to be beautiful, magnificent, standing almost 500 feet in the air. The brochure said, and by the way, I looked it up and read the brochure. The brochure said this was a great opportunity to get a bargain if you buy one of the condos early. It will become the finest quality built tower in the best location on South Padre Island. The view and amenities are unmatched and the units the largest on the island. The construction of Ocean Tower began on April the 5th, 2006. It continued for two years with much of the main structure completed. Early in 2008, when the building was now 376 feet high. By the way, that's higher than our state capitol. 376 feet high. Not completed, but that's how high it was. Construction was halted. The building started sinking almost 16 inches downward. Then it started leaning toward the northwest. Then the building started cracking and breaking. The building became known as the Leaning Tower of South Padre. A letter was sent out to all the investors reassuring them that everything was all right and reassuring investors that while the project will be delayed, the skyscraper would Reemerge stronger and faster than ever. Here's a word to the wise. When somebody keeps trying to tell you that everything's going to be all right, that may be a good clue that it's not, especially when it comes to your money.
The experts came in and determined that there was no fixing the building. Why? The foundation was flawed. The foundation was the problem, not the building. You can fix a building when the foundation... You can't fix a building when the foundation is the problem. Even if you fix the building, the problem will come right back. There's no fixing a building on faulty foundations. You have to go back to square one and fix the foundation, but the experts said it was too late. Listen to this. At 9 a.m. on December the 13th, 2009, the building was imploded by controlled demolition and brought down at a loss of hundreds of millions of dollars, all because of a foundation problem. Well, friends, what I just shared with you about a construction project happens with human lives every day in America. Graduates, listen to me. They start out ambitious. They start out with promises. They start out with ideas and ideals. But they're not on the right foundation. And one day, after much investment, much labor, and much money, it all falls apart. Careers fall apart. Marriages fall apart. Dreams fall apart. What I'm saying to you tonight is this. Love is the foundation. Love is the foundation we have to build our lives on. Now, if you want to take issue with that, then let me remind you that the Bible says God is what? God is love. God is our foundation. His love. His agape love. God is our foundation. And, and love is our foundation. I want to read Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. This is Paul praying. He's praying for the Ephesian church that God would grant you, he says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being, here it is, rooted and grounded in love. You see, it's only when you're rooted and grounded in love that you start comprehending with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height. Then you can build something high when it's rooted and grounded in love. And then you can start comprehending things. Verse 19, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I want to tell you there's one foundation. The Scripture says it. It tells us over and over that love is more important. It's above everything else. We, we, should, we should put on love. We should stay in the love of God. But we read over it. And we treat people harshly. And we criticize people. And we condemn people. We read it, but we ignore it. I, I, I'm not trying to project uh, all this on you, but I'm saying the church as a whole is not walking in this love. Would you agree with me? Is it possible that the church of Jesus Christ across America is obeying this scripture, these teachings, and our nation could, should, could be in the position it's in tonight? Not even possible, is it? No way. You see, it's the foundation we build on, but it's also what we need. It's what we need personally. It's what the world needs. I, I learned this early on in my ministry. I was pastoring a little church up in Georgia, and there was a family, and they would go by and pick up this little girl. 
We called her Sam. I don't know what her name was other than that. Um, maybe it was a nickname. I don't know. But they picked Sam up and they would bring her to church. And I just want to tell you, Sam looked like she'd been thrown away. Sam didn't look like she'd ever had a brush put through her hair. Uh, her clothes were ragged. It, re- it really was sad. It didn't, it never looked washed. Sometimes she was actually dirty. And she didn't smell good. And this family would go by and pick Sam up and bring her to church. And one day Sam walked up to me and she said, she said, Brother Henry, can I talk to you? And I said, sure, Sam, I'll talk to you after church. But after church, she was gone. And then that happened for two or three Sundays. She'd keep walking up to me and say, can I talk to you? But it, it, it just didn't seem to be the right time. And I would say, no, I'll talk to you after church. What I didn't realize is the family that was picking her up would leave right after church and she'd have to go with them. And then one Sunday when I got to my office, which was not too far behind the main stage, I opened my door and there was a piece of paper on my desk and she had taken a red color crane and she had written on that note, Brother Henry, will you please love me? And I got to tell you, it broke my heart. I could hardly preach that morning. But when I walked out of the pulpit, I went straight to her and I fell down on my knees and, and I cried because I knew that she was starving for love. And I told her how much I loved her. And by the way, I, it's a strange thing because I, I told her how much I loved her, but I didn't even know how much I loved her. But when I allowed the love of God to flow through me and I gave in to it and I fell on my knees and hugged her and started kissing her on the cheek and telling her I loved her, it was like love just started flowing through me. And I got to tell you, until I left that church, me and Sam, when I'd see Sam, I'd get on my knees and I'd hug her and she'd kiss me on the cheek. Friends, do you know the difference between Sam And everybody else out there in the world, no difference at all. She didn't know better. That might be the only difference. She just asked for it. Listen, we need to build our lives on love because love is the secret. It's above everything else. It's our highest goal. It's our highest priority. Nothing else we do matters without love. And the world is starving for love. Well, I got to try to finish up here. Where are all my seniors that graduated? Hold your hand up. Wave at me. All right? All right. I want to to talk to you guys just for a moment. Uh, Would you be willing to try it? Would you be willing to just try this thing called love? If it's above everything else, if it's our highest goal, if it should be our highest pursuit, if it's the foundation we build our lives on, would you be willing to do it? To try it? I want to encourage you to do that. I thought I'd give you some ideas on how to do it. And I thought we'd start right here. When you get home tonight or maybe tomorrow, I want you to love on your parents. Just start with them. Just say, Mom, Dad, I just want to tell you how much I love you and how much I appreciate you. And... And I know what some of you may be thinking right now. Well, Pastor, that's not going to work because my mom and dad are here and they're going to know you told me to do it. It won't matter to them. (laughs) It won't matter a bit. Just, just, Just go home and say, 
Mom, Dad, come on, stand up. Come on in here. Come on here. We're going to hug. I just want to tell you how much I love you. I want to tell you how much I appreciate you. I want to ask you to forgive me for taking for granted all the sacrifices you've made. Mom and Dad, I, I, I just love you. Now, the, they're going to worry about you a little bit when you do that. Because that's not natural. That's what na- people who are normal in this world don't do that. People who are willing to read God's Word and do what God's Word says, they're, they're willing to do that. Now, so I'm just getting started now. So your brothers and sisters, your siblings, those that live in the house with you, you know, the one you call stupid. <laughs> the one you call a brat. The one you've said a few times, I hate you. And how about this? Get out of my room. Do not come back in my room. I want to encourage you to just try it. Just test it. Put it to the test. Go home and start loving your brothers and sisters. Start bragging on them. Say some nice things to them. But by the way, uh, those of you... I tell you, we'll just have everybody to do it right now. Just turn to the person next to you and say something nice to them. Man, y'all really needed that, didn't you? Y'all getting carried away with this thing, aren't you? Just, just start loving Loving on your brothers and sisters, on your mom and dad. Start in the family doing this thing. Now, if your parents aren't here and you do this, they're going to think you're on drugs. So, so that's, that's okay. But, but just do it, do it anyway. All right, you, you're listening? How many, how many of you graduates are going on to school somewhere? Hold your hand up. Nobody's going on to school? Mike, come on, hold your hand up. Where do I see some hands? All right. Love your teachers. Show some love. Leave them a note. Send them a text. Send them an email. Brag on them a little bit. You, you think, Pastor, you've lost your mind. No, I'm trying to get your mind set in line with the Word of God. We are children of God who are filled with the love of God. We need to start releasing it and loving those in the world all around us. Start loving on your teacher. Say good things to your teacher. Brag on your teacher. Your GPA will go up. It will go up. For several reasons. Maybe not so much because she or he is favoring you, but maybe because God is favoring you for doing what his word says do. Maybe because if you start loving somebody, they can actually teach you something. That's a novel idea, isn't it? So start loving on your your teacher. How about this? Love on your boss. If you got a job, love your boss. Or when you get a job, 
love and respect and show honor to your boss. I know you, I know you're looking at me like you think I'm crazy. These are biblical concepts. The Bible teaches us to love, honor, and respect those who are in authority over us. Love your boss. Listen. Your finances will increase when you love your boss. Promotions will come. Advancement will happen. Now, if your boss doesn't do it, God... By the way, promotion really comes from where? The Lord. So he's the one that's watching more than anybody else. So it's not just a ploy. It's not just something you're doing. Love on your boss. Now, somebody's going to walk up to me after this service and say, Pastor, I heard what you said, but my boss is a jerk. And I'm going to tell you, I've read my Bible through and through. I read it through every year. I try to read my Bible all the way through, and I've never found one passage of Scripture that says if your boss is a jerk, it's okay for you to act like a jerk in response. Love your boss. You can do that. Husbands and wives, what about a little love here? Like Christ loved the church. I'm just... I'm I'm telling you, this is a biblical secret that's in the Scriptures right in front of our eyes. We ignore it. We don't put it to work. We don't use it. But I'm telling you, start loving on your spouse. I'm talking about this radical, supernatural, wonderful kind of love. Do sweet things. Was that my wife that said amen? Your marriage will change. You say, but you don't know what she's done. You don't know what she's doing. You don't know how he treats me. You don't know what he said. Listen, it says, as Christ loved the church. How many of you have miserably failed Christ? Hold your hand up. There have been times you miserably failed. But he loves you. We've been singing about it. He's in redemption mode with you. He's in restoration mode with you. I'm telling you, bring this love of God, this agape love of God into your family. It'll change your marriage. I've got to bring this to a close, but let me get this. How about love your enemies? How about love your enemies? How about never, ever, ever, ever again going on social media and saying something ugly about somebody? How about saying something nice about your enemies? How about praying that God will give you the ability to turn every enemy into an ally? A friend. And start praying for your enemies. Showing the love of God. You, you, can, you, you can do this. I know you may think this is crazy, but but I want you to know you can you can love your enemy. If you start loving your enemies and praying for your enemies, one day you'll wake up and find out you don't have that many enemies. Or at least that you know of. And maybe it's not because your enemies have changed, but maybe it's because you changed. And the way you look at the world is completely different. And and, and so I'm just asking you to try love. Here's what I know. Graduates, listen to me. If you'll put that word love up somewhere, if you'll write it down, put it on your wall, put it in front of you, and you'll treat people with love and respect, 
and you'll use love as a foundation, I'm telling you, you will be successful in every area of life. Now, I, 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 I try to anticipate what people will say after I preach things like this. And, and one thing people will say is, that's just not realistic. It's not possible. I can't do that. But the fact is, you can. You just have to make a choice. You have to make a decision. I, I will always love that quote by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who said, I've decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. It is. Just love. Now, two scriptures in closing. This is the reason I know you can do everything I've presented you with tonight. If you're a Christian. If you're a Christian, you can do this. Here it is, Romans 5, 5. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Do you understand if you're a Christian... God's already poured this love into you. It's there. It's there. It's in you. And then the last scripture is Jude 1.21. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. You see, it's been poured in your heart. I, I want to I tell you, I'm not, when I look around, And I love you guys, and I know you love me, and I know we all love this church, but I'm not seeing the kind of love that the Bible talks about. That sacrificial, spiritual, supernatural, anointed love that touches a community. And I just want to encourage everybody, especially our graduates, make love your highest priority. Would you bow with me in prayer? With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I just want to ask you, if you were to stand before God right now and he were to judge you on this one truth, make it your highest goal. Above everything else, put on love. Above everything else, have fervent love for one another. And everything that you do, do it in love. I tell you, I'd come up short. Maybe you would too. But here's what I want to do. Can we, just, can we just pray together right now? Can we just ask God to help us to release that love? I don't think you need to pray for God to give you that love if you're a Christian. Now, if you're not a Christian, you need to receive Christ. But if you're a Christian, then ask God to help you release that love. Stop criticizing people. Stop judging people. Show the love of God. That doesn't mean we can't have standards or rules or regulations, but just start loving people. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the privilege to preach your word. I thank you for these beautiful graduates that we've honored here tonight. And Father, I pray that the love of God will be released. I pray that somebody will go home and start putting this into practice. Rather than criticism, it'll be love. Rather than being judgmental, it will be I love you. Father, I pray that you will bless us to walk in the love of God and to keep ourselves in the love of God. Bless this church. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for letting us be back together. Thank you for these glorious days. 
And again, we pray for our graduates. Thank you for the glory of being back together in the house of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.